This morning, we're going to bust some rental myths. Stay tuned. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Um, what's happened this morning? Oh, not much. Sunny sky. Oh, sunny sky, still cold, but clear skies at least. Apparently, uh, my daughter, who's a bit of a weather station, a big weather station, always talks about weather. She said El Nina is over. <gasps> Yay! El Nina. I know El the rain. Sort of oh, thank God for that! I just bananas. bananas. That was a mm. crazy. That was just that was a weird. I don't know how long it went for, but the last six months of weather, feel bad for the builders. Weird, just weird. It's weird, and the compare it to what a year ago, two years ago, with the it was bushfires, then it was floods, and then it was hot, right? Like, oh, it's very apocalyptic. It, it is, but it just feels normal now, the weather. It's bloody, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, enough of the weather. Let's talk about um, you've been you've been exposed hard to the rental market. <clears throat> you just found a, um, a, a great value property in Manly that you and your boy have moved into, and uh, you want to crush some myths about rentals because there's a lot of people out there, and they often echo some of these myths. Some are true. Some are false. We're going to validate them and uh, teach you some hacks around today. Yeah, exactly. So m me and my partner just started renting a property in Manly. It was pretty crazy. We got quite good value. We're right on the beach. It's lovely. I could rent all day, but I won't take up all the time. But, um, yeah, so a lot of um, – things we're going to be talking about today is are things that I encountered when I was applying for the property. I like to think of a, myself as a one hit wonder, our first application, we got the property. So I think I've got a bit of firsthand knowledge when it comes to busting these rental myths today. Yeah. So you got into Manly under for a two better, if you don't mind, um, with, um, like it, <clears throat> I don't know, but I won't say that dollar value or if you don't, I don't know if you matter or doesn't matter, but that's, it's pretty incredible what you don't have to spend if for rent to get into the rental market. I think you did it, you know, and people, a lot of people are barking about affordability in the rental market, but um, still there. Yeah, I think it's just researching, looking at um, areas you're interested in and just waiting, I think, is the big thing. Even if you have to wait a few an extra few weeks, if you have the, the privilege to do so, I think it does help because something will pop up. But getting on to these rental myths. So the first rental myth today is that an applicant with a higher salary will always get the rental over someone with a lower salary, which actually is not true. It's a false. Yeah. So Please explain. Well, I think a lot of these uh, myths we'll be talking about today, it really depends on who you are as a person. A lot of the time, the property managers, and we've seen it firsthand, they want someone who's nice, who's a good tenant. If you're, you've got a three, a six-figure salary and you're not the nicest person in the world or 
you're a bit messy. I don't think property managers aren't really going to want to keep you on board. I think they want someone who's personable and has a bit of character to them. And of course, when it comes to salary and rentals, there is the 30% rule. What's that? Which So the 30% rule is that one third of a tenant's salary should be allocated towards rent. So if you have a massive salary, you don't always have to get there. As long as you have enough that one third of your salary can be allocated towards rent, property managers will be looking for that, not just the biggest number wins. Okay, that's an interesting metric. Okay, so one third should be able to service the rent uh, when you're renting next one. Next one. Ten this one's probably more for Victorians, but it's tenants can't hang art in their homes because sometimes you might need approval if you want to drill holes in the in your property. But in Victoria apparently you don't even have to ask permission to hang art. But then there, there are ways around this as well. You can get those um those pulley stickers that have got hooks attached to them so you're not actually damaging the walls. I think that one's probably a bit self-explanatory. There are ways around it. I use Blu-Tac and that works fine. God bless 3M. <laughs> God bless 3M. 3M are the best hooker, hookers, stickers um, that, uh, that any hardware or, or grocery store sells. And yeah, whack one of those up. Oh, just something on that. Blue tack's great, but watch out for blue tack after year two or three because it won't it won't come off. Yes, and if it does come off, some paint might come off. As my mother will probably let me know, as I moved out, I had a whole wall full of um, posters, and as soon as I took those down, there are a few chips and cracks there. But I don't think she's seen it yet, so we'll have to wait and see with that one. Sorry, Kim. Yeah, that's my dad's problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. And then the next myth we have is that even if a property is pet friendly, a tenant without a pet will be successful over one that does have a pet. So this one, I've seen firsthand the property managers looking at applications with pets on them. And I think the best thing you can do, and it recommends it in this article I found, is that you can make a cover letter for your pet or a little pet profile so the property manager and the, uh, the leasing team can get to know your pet and who's coming into their property. Because if you think about it, it's it's nearly like another little person. I think of pets as like you want to have someone who's a bit chill and relaxed over like a yappy chihuahua living in an apartment building, for example. Yeah, I've got to say, we don't really get that many problems with pets, so we're not that adverse to them as a company because, or, you know, when recommending them to landlords, um, it doesn't, it, you know, I, I think if it's a big pet in a small property, that's the only thing we'll have an issue with. Um, so if they're putting, like, a German Shepherd into a one-bedroom unit, then you sort of raise your eyebrows. Um, I just We just had one recently as well, which it was just... It was a kelp, a kelpie, which was a really, really a blue heeler or a kelpie, really active dog. Um, yeah. In a white room. No good. Uh, we didn't put them in. We took the management on um, from another company, but I, I don't think it, yeah, it's a good idea. So um, aside from that, that's only like five percent of people, one percent of people. Most people are pretty cool. Pets are cool. Yeah, and pet, especially after COVID, I feel like a lot of people got COVID puppies, and I know we did. Well, he's not really a puppy. He's a massive rottweiler but 
There you go. <laughs> and then so moving on to our next myth is that landlords are more likely to pick couples over friends. Not necessarily true. And if you think about I, it, I'd I, I, pick a couple. You'd pick a couple? Why? I think there's uh, less chance of shit going wrong. People moving out, people moving in, people falling in love, people falling out. Like, I think if it's just if it's a couple with a baby or just couple, I think it's a little bit better odds. But if I had a choice, but you know, plenty of good singles out there. See, I, I, for some reason, I thought the opposite. I was like, I think it's because I'm coming from someone, someone in their 20s who's seen a lot of my friends and a lot of people in fast-moving relationships. I'm a bit like, oh, friendships are probably one thing that stays stagnant over time, over a lot of relationships that I've seen. Then saying that, I've been... It is what it is, and I, and I think you just put the application in and hope for the best, I think. Yeah, I know. Say, so I'm in a five-year relationship with my partner, and I made sure to clarify that in all in my application. So I was well, that was that was the selling point. <laughs> all, all the uh, two single blokes moved into the places to start selling real estate agencies. Eric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could probably help. Actually, I'd love to see that in action. I'm gonna watch that. Next topic. <laughs> next point. Next point. Um, if something breaks, the tenant has to fix it. Obviously, with this one, it really depends on what's been broken and the extent of the damage, I guess. But so here they've said that landlords are responsible for general wear and tear, so cracks on the walls, like scuff marks on floorboards. Obviously, this is very dependent on the context. But if it's um, Obviously, if it's like you've played a game of ping pong and you've put a hole in the wall, I think that's where the tenant becomes responsible. But general wear and tear and things with weather as well. Yeah, look, I, th I think tr the ones that there's stuff that gets a little bit tricky. Um, uh, you know, a cracked shower screen, a, um, a, a glass door um, that gets slammed by the wind. Um, mm. You know, you could, you know, sometimes there's stuff that's uh, wear and tear and you could, you know, it's pretty, pretty non-avoidable. Uh, and sometimes it's just like, dude, you've just been rude uh, and you've just abused the property. You've got to pay for that. And you've got to get that yeah. fixed. So I think it's um, all, all in all with, with look, it is, uh, there's a, I know a lot of people that rent because it's actually, it's just so much less maintenance. If you look mm. at a conventional home and the wear and tear of a conventional home, and if you consider as a tenant, you don't have to pay for much or anything at all um, in a rental property, that's really attractive. And that really adds up to a lot of money over time. So if you look at someone who lives in a property, how many times they're putting their hands in their pockets to fix something, um, it's actually a, a professional tenant. Um, it's a pretty good life and it's, it's actually not a bad, believe it or not, it's actually not a bad investment when you consider um, no. that you're not maintaining stuff most well, of the time. That's, well, but just even thinking about what's been happening lately with like, th there's been a lot of conversation about mold and the floods right now, yeah. and like whether that's the renters or the, um, the landlord's responsibility. And I think that's an interesting point as well. But then obviously like 
I think in general point there, like keep your windows open to let a bit of air out. In my bathroom, we have to fully open the <laughs> open the window if we're having a shower to let the steam out. Otherwise, it goes to the fire, the smoke detector in the other room. So. I'm flashing my neighbours a bit <laughs> lately just to try and not get mould and but in the room and get the fire alarm to go off. So it's been renting's fun. <laughs> renting's fun. Renting's fun. Now, the um with the fire alarm, so um, so people know the um that that's actually sometimes a big one because a lot of these fire alarms now are wired back to um main networks um mm. so they so they actually automatically ring the fire station in some buildings um you'll get you'll get the buildings will get a credit to the tune of a couple a year and if you exceed that you can be paying two to three thousand dollars for your mistake um so just be careful on um on fire alarms guys and girls the fire alarms won't be triggered by um uh by moisture or by you know like a shower are missed from a shower, but they will be triggered um, from cooking stuff or um, smoking and stuff. So, yeah, it can be expensive. So definitely open the windows if you're cooking as well. But extra <laughs> you've just moved into a place just to get familiar with what's how, how it all works, how it all blows yeah. around. Exactly. Um, all right, next point. Tenants need to hire a professional cleaner to get their bond back is a myth, which I, I don't know. I'm a bit, I, I'd probably hire a professional cleaner and it just so I'm not missing anything. I'd probably get a bit of extra help, but then there's there's enough resources, even from Coles, even ask your um, property manager or someone in the leasing team, they can really recommend some stuff as I've heard lately with the mold that's been happening. I know our lovely Brunkers has been uh, recommending a lot of products I can hear over the phone to our tenants just helping out. But I don't think you need to hire a professional cleaner. What do you think, Mark? I think so. I, look, I think you got, if you're giving the property back um, as you took it uh, with a bit of wear and tear, that's okay. Um, if you are giving the property back in a lesser condition, then you're in trouble and you need a cleaner. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think a pro cleaner is needed. Um, they are really expensive. It's amazing what, what a pro cleaner can add up to. And I think if you all put your heads together when you move out and, they, and one person does this, one person does that, I don't mind those oven cleaner people. Mm. They'll just come in and do your oven alone. That that tends to do people's heads in, um, the oven and the stove. Um, but, yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, I think as uh, do you need a pro? No. If you're in trouble, yes. Yeah. Now, I know we're running out of time, so I'll just move on to our last point, which sucking up to the property manager will help you at the inspection to get the property. That's not true. Just just talk to them like a normal human being. I think just like like people can see through it when you're trying to fake it and fake being nice to people. Just have a conversation. Be honest about your expectations and what you're looking for. And, yeah, and hopefully... Look, that's what I did. I didn't suck up at the at the open home and look what happened. So <laughs> what was your agent like? She's lovely. Yeah, she's um so her name's Annabelle, but she's really sweet at the open. There were lots of people there already 
typing in the application while they were talking to her. I was like, oh, that's too much. And obviously it worked. So just, yeah, a bit of, bit of people skills helps. Just don't talk to them like they're a person working for the real estate agency. Just talk to them like a human. There you go. And there's some cool Smiths, uh, Smiths, Smiths, um, smash from today. And in, in, anything else you want to, in conclusion, summarise on? Um, well, I, I'm just looking at some of the comments and I think Luke's kind of summarised it here. It's sometimes cheaper to rent than own right now in Sydney. So I think renting, there's a big thing about like, oh, why don't you just buy and like you're just paying someone else's mortgage. Renting, it, it can be great and especially like I think it's good to just have that flexibility to be renting. It is and you can still buy so you can like the level of rent you're paying I would uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy and move in I would buy and rent it out um, and stay where you are so yeah. I think for some people in Sydney it's just um, you know rent vest um, it's just it's just the best way to do it um, I know there was people like John Simons never bought a place until he got to like 55 and then bought something for like 20 million but he was always yeah. a professional and I remember reading that in the newspaper. Um, so you know, it's 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 quite smart sometimes, but just make sure you're investing into property or something. Um, yeah. If, if you're yeah. renting, you're not you're not renting and not investing in something. Amazing. Don't forget about <laughs> Thursday night. We are booked out. Throw yourself on the shortlist if you're keen to come. We got the mega investor night where we're teaching you tips and tricks on property exactly it should be a good one anyway i'll see you later mark see you legend take care bye 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 bye